if you were like a not so scary monster, what kind of monster would you be? Like a werewolf, except it's like like one of those those wolves that you see videos of where it's like, here's video of this random wolf that like showed up in town and started playing with all the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so like a werewolf, but not a particularly good one. Yeah, like one of one of those wolves that like the cavemen saw and were like we could domesticate that. <laughs> okay, yeah. All right, cool. Why not? Yeah. A werewolf is my favorite monster. I think that there aren't enough werewolf movies that exist that are good, that aren't, like, yeah. porn. Right. Because, like, for whatever reason, anytime I rent a werewolf movie, it's like, and now and now everyone's gonna fuck. Uh, and it's like, no, I don't... <laughs> I'm here for werewolves. Like, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think that I would be a generic, big, fuzzy monster, like Sully from Monsters Incorporated. Sure, yeah, yeah. Like, I just think that, like, being really soft, but also very loud, would be my brand. So I guess a werewolf also, like, I, I don't trust vampire people. Like, anybody that's like, uh, I would be a vampire, or like, I want to be a vampire, or even people who write, like, vampire AU fan fiction, like, seriously, is like, mm, okay. Well, you know, I have, like, my uh, one question BuzzFeed quiz. Okay. Is, would you rather be, of these three things, a vampire, a werewolf, or a ghost? And the reason I ask that question is, people that pick vampire given no other alternative would rather hurt other people people that pick werewolf would rather be hurt and people that pick ghost are like i would rather fade into obscurity than have to answer this question okay that's a really good personality assessment astrology who i don't know her (laughs) just monsters (laughs) yeah just monsters and only three like forget the whole the whole entire Zodiac. You are one of three monsters, baby. <laughs> I would rather fade into obscurity than answer this question. <laughs> You're like, would you rather be a vampire, a werewolf, or a ghost? And the person's like, I am very uncomfortable with the energy we've created in the studio today. <laughs> Could you imagine Spider-Man swinging around New York, but he's got like a ring pop on like every other finger because it's Halloween. <laughs> and every so often he stops and he like ducks behind a building and he's like, he enjoys like the ring pop because he's like, "This is for me. This is me time." <laughs> I really like the idea of Spider Man swinging around, and he's got one of those plastic pumpkins like hanging off of his uh, elbow. Yeah, <laughs> people are like, "Oh, Spider Man, are you handing out candy?" He's like, mm, "Nope, no." <laughs> he he like reluctantly gives someone like one of his Snickers. He's like, "Yeah, sure, happy home. Have some Necco waivers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really excited to jump into the Halloween episode. I'm so hype. I've been ready for this episode for a while. I have a really good story for you. And also, surprise, I have a piece of trivia for you this week. I'm excited! So let's go ahead and jump in to our super spooky, not-so-scary Spider-Man Halloween party. What's up, everybody? My name is Zeke. And I'm Kat. And we are here to ask the question, trick or treat, was Spider-Man there? <laughs> is he here? Is he in the house? Can, can he be the one to pass out the candy? Why are the you Spider-Man answering the door? The Spider-Man is coming from inside the house. The spider is coming from inside the house. 
We are here to ask the question, was Spider-Man there? This is our super special Halloween episode. This is the first holiday episode that we've done, I think. We did the Captain Amer- non-denominational Captain America July episode. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. We did a, we, <laughs> we did an episode about Steve Rogers, Steve Rogers Day. But this is an official holiday. This is Halloween. So happy Halloween, if you're listening to this. I mean, regardless of what time of year it is. <laughs> happy Halloween to you in February. I don't know. You guys skip the Valentine's Day episode, I guess. Do I don't know. Live your life. We have thrown together this podcast because we both enjoy comics and we're interested to see where Spider-Man has been, where he's going. Was it spooky while he was there? Probably. There's been some wild shit that's gone down. (laughs) (laughs) So the first half of the podcast is a a bit we call Elevator Pitch, which is where Kat gives me a theme, except for this week it was super easy. And I put together an elevator pitch. I give it to Kat. Kat has some time to research. And then we find out. If Spider-Man was there. There's also a super secret second part of the podcast, but you're just gonna have to wait for it. We, we're gonna read from a comic book that's bound in uh, leather made from human skin. Yeah. And we'll have a virgin light the black flame candle and <laughs> one of my cats will start talking. Hocus Pocus is a really good movie. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> okay. So, Kat, what is our theme this week? This Um, Halloween. This Halloween, our theme is all things spooky. We want to know if Spider-Man was there and it was scary. Yeah. So something that really speaks to me about Spider-Man is that he's very classic, right? Like, like, there's no one on Earth who doesn't recognize the Spider-Man logo or like the character. So I wanted to go with like a very classic kind of spook kind of scare. And the thing that came to my mind immediately was the universal monsters. Like, that's Frankenstein's monster and the Wolfman, Phantom of the Opera, the Mummy, Creature from the Black Lagoon, Bride of Frankenstein, although she's more iconic than she is useful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, Von Helsing, who is actually the star of our story uh, this week. Oh, boy. Yeah. So the, the story opens, we have Von Helsing, and he's running through 19th century London. Right? Like, just mm-hmm. running and hunting down, like, monsters or whatever. And Dracula's like, we can't have this. Like, you are just getting on my nerves now. And so Dracula, who is magic, opens a portal and he shoots Van Helsing into the future. Van Helsing winds up in, like, 1995 New York. Okay. And so Spider-Man is relatively new. People know who he is, but Peter's still kind of getting the hang of his own stuff. So... He sees this sort of man at a time, like, wandering around the street. And he's like, ooh, I gotta help this hobo real quick. Um, so he <laughs> so he swings down there and he's like, hey, man, uh, what's going on? Like, you need some help? You need some place to sleep? And Von Helsing's like, you there, uh, a masked man. Can you tell me where I can find uh, the castle of Count Dracula? And Peter's like, I'm sorry? Like, <laughs> this is New York. Are you looking for, like... The cathedral, or are you looking for, like, Grand Central? And Von Helsing's like, I just told you, I'm looking for Dracula's castle. And Peter's like, oh, it must be, like, a haunted house that you're looking for. Um, yeah, sure, we'll see if we can find it. And so he kind of, because he doesn't want to, like, leave this weird, like, hobo dude. <laughs> like, he's like, okay, this man's clearly, like, he needs some help. And so he's thinking he's going to, like, direct him to, like, a homeless shelter or whatever. Uh, for for the sake of argument, I am casting Hugh Jackman as Van Helsing in this Absolutely. Scenario. So, okay. so the, the Hugh Jackman Van Helsing is actually made by Universal, so it is an official part 
of oh, okay, the Universal okay. Monsters universe. All right, good to know. Yeah, which is why it's like a Wolfman, Dracula, Frankenstein's monster movie. And if you haven't seen it, you should go see it because the actor's name is escaping me. But the young man who plays Faramir in Lord of the Rings plays a very funny little friar in that movie. And it's very wild to see the kind of juxtaposition. At any rate, so him and Hugh Jackman are walking around. But it's less... Like, he looks like Von Helsing, but it's less Von Helsing and more like Kate and Leopold. Like, he's <laughs> like he's very much like, wow, these these uh, horseless buggies. And, and Peter's like, boy, you really committed to this bit, huh, man? But Dracula, like, lives forever, right? So, like, him sending Von Helsing to the future, he's like, whatever, he'll just die. But now Von Helsing's in the future, and he's running around with Spider-Man. And so Dracula, who exists now in 1995, is like, oh, no, I've beefed it. So... <laughs> So like he's like and he oh. like he pulls down his sunglasses and like turns his cap the right way around yeah yeah <laughs> and then yeah boards away yeah <laughs> radical um, <laughs> so uh, he's like I need help so he jumps back in the past and he grabs sort of like. This, the, the classic crew. He grabs Frankenstein's monster. He grabs Wolfman. He grabs Creature from the Black Lagoon. And basically, it's like a mini boss adventure. Like, Von Helsing has to, like, guide Spider-Man through fighting each of these monsters. Because they come and, like, try to hunt him down. And so, like, the first one's, like, the Wolfman. Because that's, like, the, the most palatable one. Is mm-hmm. like, oh, that's a big dog. And then the dog, like, stands up on his hind legs. And Peter's like, oh, holy moly. <laughs> what's going on here? And Von Helsing's like, don't worry. And he takes out a crossbow. And Peter's like, oh, no, it's getting weirder. <laughs> <laughs> and so Von Helsing, like, you know, he's trying to, like, shoot the Wolfman. And Peter's like, hang on, I have a better solution. And so he, like, ties up the Wolfman with like weather or whatever and then von helsing's like how did you do that are you a a man or a spider and peter's like interesting note about that one um happened to be both and so they kind of like join forces but they're like on the dl and so they're trying to like fight these monsters and i do want to say that i want there also to be a running back plot of like the green goblin like and then he sees like frankenstein's monsters and he's like not today and he goes home (laughs) (laughs) like (laughs) <laughs> so peter and von helsing are like run 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 through new york and they they find frankenstein's monster and they tie him up and they're like what's going on why are you here blah blah, blah. and he's like yeah you'll never get it out of me and peter's like i'll take your brain out and he's like oh dracula's after you so you have to defeat him and so they find out that like vlad dracul who's going by like victor drake or like some vd name is like yeah i know it's like um he like owns a big bank because rich people. And so they're like, okay, that's where we gotta go. And so they, like, fight the Swamp Thing. And the, my favorite part of the the fight is, like, they run through Central Park, they fight Swamp Thing in the big lake in Central Park. But to find out, like, how to kill Dracula, they have to go to this Halloween expose exhibit thing at the museum. And, and Peter's like, if I go into Spider-Man, they'll just let me in for free. So, like, we should do this because admission to the museum is so much and I really can't afford it. <laughs> uh, so they go and everybody's like, Spider-Man! And he's like, thanks. Yeah, thank you. I just really need to look at, um, I just really need to look at a vampire real quick. And then, like, the mummy breaks out of his coffin and he's like, ugh. And Peter's like, even at the museum, this is my favorite place. <laughs> So they find out how to get Von Helsing home through vampire magic. It's in, like, Dracula's amulet. They go to the bank. There's a showdown with Dracula. Peter is like, this is so insane. I can't believe this has all happened to me on one day, and the day is Halloween. This is so wild. They defeat Dracula in this big, like, bam-pow, like, punch-out showdown. And so Peter's like, 
this has been like a lot of fun, weirdly. And Van Helsing's like, yeah, my job is fun. <laughs> and Peter's like, oh, I thought like we were in like big danger the whole time. And Van Helsing's like, oh no, we were. Like we could have died at any moment, but it's fun. And Peter's like, you got to go home because this is not what I'm about to do. My job is hard enough. And so they like shake hands and part ways. And so then like kind of at the end of it, like Peter goes home and he, you know, becomes Peter again. Like he stealth slips out of the Spider-Man outfit and Aunt May is like, oh good, you're home. Did you have a good day? And Peter's like, ah. (laughs) And she's like, well, because it's Halloween, I thought that uh, we could sit down and maybe like watch some some scary movies. And Peter's like, okay, that sounds chill. Um, And so she has a big bowl of popcorn and they sit down on the couch and she turns it on and it's like the like monster mash movie special and it's got like all the like classics in black and white and peter's like oh and the last panel is like him like bent backwards over the couch with like the heels of his hands and his eyes uh, <laughs> and that's my spider-man halloween story <laughs> i love it so much it's uh, good it's yeah good. It- i i've been so hyped to tell it like i had it all like written out and i could like i i i damn your storyboarded it like i really got into this one <laughs> Well, that's good. It's no less than Spider-Man and all of these monsters, these legends deserve. Right. So my question to you this week is, was Spider-Man there and has he ever had an interaction with classic film monsters, particularly like the Universal crew? So this was a really fun one for me. Something that I was really surprised to learn a number of years ago is that Dracula just exists in the Marvel Universe, just like straight up Dracula. Okay. This I found out not when I was reading Spider-Man, but I was reading X-Men and I was reading like some of those, you know, the the big compilations of like essential X-Men or essential Wolverine or whatever Mm -hmm. that are like like, like phone books, you know, they're printed in black and white. Yeah. Uh, I was reading some of those and I was reading some classic X-Men and there's an issue where like a lot of these stories are hilariously about like, all right, the X-Men are minding their own business and they're having barbecue and then some dude kidnaps Storm because she's like the only girl on the team, even though she's also arguably the most powerful one on the team. And then the other ones have to rescue her and like rinse and repeat. And okay. in one of these, in one of these situations, the dude that ki- that kidnaps her is Dracula. And the whole time, I was like, okay. And then we're gonna find out that like he's a scientist who you know played god or he's just some weird guy that's like obsessed with vampire mythology or so no it's just straight up dracula like that is so wild yeah I, I like i kept waiting for them to like you know rip the mask off and be like it's old man jenkins but that never happened it's um, old man dracula is who it is yeah, yeah it's just dracula and spider-man has had interactions with dracula who visually in the interactions i've seen is less like black-haired you know bella lugosi and more like a uh, world of warcraft extra like okay with, with like really angular face and like big white hair that's maybe like pulled back in a ponytail or something wow. like that he's one of those kind of like you know early 2000s video game character kind of looking guys mm-hmm. so i knew that there was going to be like some dracula happening but i was curious about the other monsters mm-hmm. and doing a little bit of digging around i did find individual situations where Spider-Man had interacted with a wolfman and Spider-Man had interacted with Frankenstein's monster and he'd interacted with a mummy. And I was like, okay, so we've got these like little like one shot stories. Yeah, that's good. That's good and fine. I was like, but that's not what Zeke wanted. That is not what (laughs) Zeke asked for. So we're going to keep looking. And I did a little more digging and I found a two episode special 
from the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon. Okay. The first episode is called Blade. And Blade is a character that was also introduced to me via Spider-Man because I was introduced to him via the 90s cartoon. So like when the Wesley Snipes movies were coming out, I was like, the guy from Spider-Man? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, the premise of Ultimate Spider-Man is that he is a young teenage Spider-Man, but he has been doing it for a little while. And he has been heroing on his own, but he could clean up his act a little bit. He could be a little more efficient at it, uh, cause a little less property damage. And so Nick Fury has come to him and he's like, look, we we like what you do. and We like that you're, you know, being a hero and that's great and all, but like you need some training and a little bit more refining. So we want you to work for S.H.I.E.L.D. and we are going to give you a team to work with. And so that team includes Nova, Power Man, Iron Fist and White Tiger. So that's just kind of the setup of the show is that like he's working with them and then he eventually becomes the team leader of this group. Mm -hmm. So in this episode, uh, Nick Fury has sent Spidey and his team to a graveyard <laughs> and he's like, hey, uh, we have a contact who's going to meet you there in the graveyard. And they're like, all right, that's weird, but fine, I guess. Right. And and then like these zombie vampires start popping up and they're like, OK, that's weird. And they don't really know what to do and they don't really know what they're up against. And then this badass comes out and like starts staking things left and right and using like laser pistols to like blast the monsters away and they're like uh did you just kill those guys and he's like they're not actually alive they're like vampire drones they were never alive to begin with and they're like oh okay you seem really hardcore yeah <laughs> and, he's like, and he's like uh yeah my name's blade and spider-man's like we could just name ourselves after whatever we have strapped to our bodies he's yeah like, spider-man's like, like okay. what I what <laughs> he's like okay well i guess i'm lunchbox you know like and so blade explains that they have he, he's kind of like disappointed. He's like, you're the team that I'm supposed to work with. Like, this is bullshit. Y'all are just a bunch of kids. And Spider-Man's like, um, excuse me, we're awesome superheroes and I'm in charge here. And Blade explains that they are supposed to be delivering this onk that's like a, in two pieces to Fury because Dracula, who is real and who all these vampire minions work for, uh, wants to get his hands on it because once he does, he can perform this ritual that will allow him and his minions to walk in the day. And then there'll be nothing stopping them from taking over the world. And of course, Spider-Man is a little dubious, having never encountered a vampire before now. But he goes back, they meet with Fury, Fury confirms this, and then like Philip Coulson shows up and he's like, yeah, we need you to go get the Ankh from the Museum of Natural History. And they're all just like blinking at him, you know, like, like, uh, and he's like, you know, the museum where they keep all the cool shit in the, <laughs> and, and he's like, clearly I'm the only one who's a member, and which is just really Again, funny. Again, with and, that like, museum admission is so expensive. <laughs> I, I just really like the idea that like Philip Coulson is like stomping around the shield base, like nobody helps me around this damn house. Yeah, he's got his little broom <laughs> and his apron. <laughs> So he sends all of them to the museum and they're like, okay, uh, I guess the Ankh is there. Let's let's just pick that up and, and send it back. But while they're there, Dracula shows up and they have a fight with him and it's it seems to be going okay. Um, like Blade obviously knows what he's doing, but Dracula is very powerful. But Dracula grabs Power Man and is like, all right, uh, try this on for size and then tries to bite him. But obviously Power Man's ability is that he's invulnerable. And so he's like, oh shit, this doesn't work. Uh, and so he's like, all right, we'll try something else. And so then he starts using his like eyes to mesmerize everyone. And luckily Spider-Man's mask lenses are reflective. So he doesn't like, he isn't able to be mind controlled. Okay. But the rest of the team is. So Dracula uses them to like kind of make an escape route for himself and leaves Blade and Spider-Man behind. Okay. So this is unfortunate because they've 
taken the onk and Spider-Man has lost his team and, and this is all really bad. So they head back to Fury and Fury's like, all right, this is bad, but it ain't over till it's over. And I've called in the reinforcements, which leads us into the second episode, the Howling Commandos. Oh, <laughs> and if that name sounds familiar for MCU fans, it is because in the Captain America movie, that is the name of Captain America's little battalion that like goes on a rescue mission. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. But this is a different crew. They show up on the base and Spider-Man loses his mind because this team is made up of Werewolf by Night, who uh, is actually like a villain from Moon Knight's canon. His real name is Jack Russell, which I guess that's just how... <laughs> I guess that's just how British people name their kids. <laughs> um... Well, he's the guy uh, that invented the terrier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's also Nkantu, the living mummy, and Frankenstein's monster. Uh, who who is, doesn't get a name. He does not. But he's really kind of cool. Like, the way that they've drawn him is kind of cool. He's sort of like an organic cyborg. And, like, he's okay. a dude, and he's all stitched together, but, like, he can, like, shoot off his arm that's attached to him by a chain. And, you know, like, like he could also have, like, an arm cannon and shit like that. Um, okay, that's pretty dope. The, the Lego of monsters. And... They're like, oh, and uh, the big guy is coming. And, and Spider-Man's like, you're not the big guy. <laughs> and so he's like, all right, guys, here's the situation. Dracula is real. And they're like, yes. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, right, you knew that. Okay, well, we need to like work on an infiltration plan and we need to go and like figure this all out. And he's like, well, but but he has your team, right? And they know you really well, right? And, he, and he's like, yeah. And he's like, so anybody that you know is potentially in danger right now. And he's like, oh shit, like that would be my Aunt May. So they go to, they go to his house and she's fine. She's like really excited for Halloween and she's having a great time. And they're like, okay, she's okay, but we're gonna, you know, use mummy magic and whatever to like erect some like force fields around the house and protect her. And, and that's fine. All right. But now we need to go to, to Dracula's base and we need to get back the Ankh before sunrise because then he'll do the ritual and then it's all over. And Spider-Man's like, how are we going to get there? And of course they are like, well, don't worry, we have transportation. And what is that in the sky? It's the monster truck. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Wait, and, and it's in the sky? <laughs> well, it's like, it has wings too, but it's like a, it's oh. a monster truck. Okay. But it's like, it's like an all-terrain vehicle, but the terrain can also be the sky. <laughs> uh, oh my god. Okay. But it's not, like a, it's not like an organic being. Like, the truck is not a monster. No, no, no. Oh, it's thank just, god. Okay, okay, okay. That's what I thought for a second. Like, a truck with like a thematic paint job and like Jack Russell's like, Haha, get it. And the mummy's like, apparently this passes for humor here. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't, but I'm sorry. <laughs> so they're, they're in the monster truck. They're like heading for Dracula's base and Spider-Man kind of overhears werewolf by night and blade sort of like getting in it at each other. And he's like, Oh, I get it now. You guys used to be teammates. And blade is like, rrr, rrr, rrr. and, and Spider-Man's like, no, no, I get it. I butt heads with my, my teammates all the time. Like, but you know, you got to have each other back and that's that's just part of it so they get to the base spider-man's out here like you know sometimes i have disagreements with my friends but then like but then you know like we're all friends at the end of the day and like so maybe everybody should be friends yeah and then the full house music plays and yeah then we're by <laughs> night and blade look in each other's eyes and yeah it's, it's a really tender moment and they smooch. um yeah <laughs> so uh, they get to the base and they're like, okay, this is a crazy, like, end of the movie labyrinth, like, crazy MC Escher castle. Like, what? Are, how we can't get in here? What the fuck? This is confusing. And 
that's when the big guy shows up which is man thing who is another marvel character who is i'm gonna go ahead and say that he's kind of like marvel's answer to swamp thing um man thing is that what you said yes but he's not the orange guy from the fantastic four no that's the thing (laughs) this is man thing with a hyphen i hate this I'm done with this goddamn podcast. <laughs> Man thing. Now, that's not a good name for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. I'm all right. I'm not going to dwell on it. Man um, thing has shown up. Man thing shows up and he's like a giant hulking. You know, he'd probably be like 12 or 13 feet tall. And he is this big green, sort of mossy, sort of slimy looking creature. Wait, wait, wait. Um, hold on. He's really big and he's green. Yeah. He's the Hulk? No, he he doesn't look really human. Like, his face looks like hanging ivy. <gasps> oh my god, okay. I thought this was, like, the Hulk, but they had him in, like, a ghillie suit, and it's, like, he's secret, it, like, it, he's secret it, Hulk. <laughs> the Hulk moonlights his man thing. Yeah, uh, well, no. that's what I thought the big twist was gonna be. Okay, go on. Yeah, no, uh, he, he, he would probably fall into the category more of like creature from the black lagoon sort of gotcha gotcha uh, gotcha. mythos yeah and so he shows up and he can clearly like just dissolve things with like an acid that he produces and it's it's not really clear like if he's plant or toxic waste or like what he's just kind of everything and so they're like all right well we need to rescue spider-man's team and we need to get the onk and we don't have a lot of time to do this and they're like all right spider-man you go find your team we'll go track down dracula and they're like well how are we gonna find him and jack russell is like actually i can smell him and he's closer than we think he is so if you trust me, I'll lead you to him. And Blade's like, yeah, I'll trust you. And it's a very heartwarming moment for them. Mm-hmm. And so they they go off and they run off after Dracula. And Spider-Man finds his team and they're like trapped in these giant crystals and he releases them. And they're like, okay, we need to find the others. And the others are having this big fight with Dracula. And it culminates outside and Dracula's like about to unite the Ankh and use it to bring himself great power. But like at the last minute, they stop him and he's like, ah, well, you know, whatever. I'm immortal. Like you, you haven't defeated me you've just postponed my victory and he goes away and they're like yay we did it guys but then (gasps) just when you think everything is awesome Kantu, the living mummy is like i've been waiting for this moment and he grabs the pieces of the ankh and combines them and then he like rehydrates (laughs) (laughs) he just he gets like a korean skincare regimen going (gasps) and like becomes like alive again but also like 50 feet tall (laughs) and and he opens up a portal to new york city so now we have like giant monster movie tropes happening oh my god he's like stomping through the streets and and the other guys are all there and they're like oh no how do we stop him and spider-man's like well like man thing can get big right and they're like well yeah but he needs raw material and he's like uh we're in new york city and so he just like pries off the manhole cover to like the sewer system and so man thing grows giant and so then you have these two monsters battling in the city while the other ones are trying to figure out how to wrestle the ankh from him it's like godzilla Um, versus mothra basically yeah oh my god (laughs) and so um they're they're really kind of stuck like blade is like and werewolf by night or like he's our teammate like he knows everything we can do he knows all our moves and spider-man is like yeah but you can't give up and like we're here now and so they manage to like 
beat him back a little bit and then it finally like spider-man manages to jump up on him and he's like oh i'm by the onk but i need something to cut it free and then like blade throws his sword up and he's like i need i need a blade <laughs> and he cuts the onk free <laughs> oh my god and, and uh then Inkantu like shrinks down again and then they like come back to fury they're at the base and they're like all right here's the pieces of the onk maybe I don't know, keep them in separate places or something. And Spider-Man's like, well, that was super fun and spooky, but like, you guys should have an invisible man on your team, probably. And then there's a voice from behind him that's like, hey, what's up? My name's Greg. And they're like, he's like, well, and they're like, oh, yeah, the invisible man was at your aunt's house, like, just standing guard over there the whole time. And he's like, what? And like, that's how the episode ends. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be like, an invisible man was here the whole time. He just, he's like out on like medical leave so he can't participate. Oh my uh, God. I love and I, it. And I don't know. Like, I was like, okay, so what happens to Encanto? And I, I was like, I, I guess he just has to like go to, I don't know, HR or something. <laughs> He goes, sure. he goes to mummy jail, Cat. Obviously. Um, okay, well, I didn't know if there was a mummy jail on the S.H.I.E.L.D. base, but uh, yeah, so there is in fact a story where Spider-Man teams up with the vampire hunter to take down Dracula, and also many classic monsters were there. I'm so happy. Like, <laughs> I'm so thrilled. I'm so, that was so good. I don't love Man-Thing. I don't, not, the, not, okay, I don't love the concept of Man-Thing. I'm sure if I met him, he would be very nice, <laughs> but I don't love that. However, the rest of it, choice. A plus, <laughs> USDA, prime storytelling. So good. Maybe it didn't have Count Dracula on the skateboard, but that's all right. We can improve things in later seasons. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for looking that up. I know that was... A hell of a slog for you, I'm sure, having to watch <laughs> Spider-Man cartoons. <laughs> oh, the most important thing I forgot to mention oh, wait, okay. was we do have a celebrity appearance. It's not Hugh Jackman, but in this case, Blade is played by Terry Crews. <gasps> oh, okay. Well, wow. So, see, it's funny because when I think about Blade, he's and he's like Wesley Snipes. He's very like chill. And when I think about Terry Crews, I only think about Old Spice body wash power with like his his titties going, and so when you were like, "Oh, Blade is played by Terry Crews," I was like, "So Blade busts through the wall on like a jet ski, and then like flexes his pecs really aggressively, and maybe that's why Werewolf by Night doesn't love him. He's like that guy's just really obnoxious. Like, Blade's like we're mortal enemies, and Werewolf is like you just use so much Old Spice body spray. Like I'm a werewolf. It's really I'm just I can smell everything already." You don't have to smell it on you. Other people have to smell it on you. <laughs> <laughs> I like Halloween. This is going very well. Let's go ahead and are you ready to go to the spooky haunted second part of the podcast? I'm ready. All right, let's go. I want to play the Scooby-Doo music here, but we can't. So you guys get to listen <laughs> to the same funky music we always have. <laughs> Just imagine it. Yeah. what's up spider pals it's zeke and cat and we are the ghosts of halloween future we decided to throw together a special halloween treat for you guys we're recording this in the in the further future i guess or in the past i don't know how time travel works Anyway, we have a Discord now, which is very exciting because we wanted to talk to you guys and we wanted to be able to get direct feedback from you and also just to get to know you guys. Uh, we've been doing this for a little while now. And uh, if you're a 
um, a regular listener, or even like a casual sometimes listener. Maybe you've only listened to one episode and it's this one. You can always hit us up on Discord. Kat, can you tell the people where they can find the link for that? Yes, you have, we have a link tree now at Was Spidey There. So you can find the link to our Discord there, our Twitter, and all the various places you can listen to our podcast. That is correct. I believe we're also working on getting episodes uploaded on YouTube pretty soon, right? Yes, okay. if you're one of those weirdos who wants to look at a static image while you hear our voices, that will soon be an option. Or if Spotify is blocked on your work Wi-Fi and you have to use YouTube. Some of us have to get ingenuitive, Cat. <laughs> <laughs> but we're really excited to announce this, and uh, we didn't want to wait uh, too many episodes. So, happy Halloween. We've brought you us. It's Zeke and Cat in a tiny plastic pumpkin. <laughs> and we have a Discord link for you. Uh, so go check that out on our Twitter, and we're really excited to hear from all you guys. Back to the podcast! <laughs> All right, we made it. Didn't you love the Scooby-Doo music that we got licensed <laughs> for the transition there? That was, I know, it was very choice. Kat, will you, will you reveal to us the mystery of podcast part two? Oh, yes. We have here an ancient tome written on <laughs> paper taken from the first satanic Bible and... Uh, wow, damn. Bound. <laughs> I don't know what the Necrocomicon is written on. What the hell are you getting up to in Texas? <laughs> damn. <laughs> paper clips stolen from the devil's cookbook. Cat's <laughs> like, I took this Spider-Man comic directly from hell. Like, <laughs> I'm like, ah, what about the popcorn balls? This is lighthearted. <laughs> um, we, have, we are starting the second part of our podcast, which today is appropriately Two Spooks and a Fic, in which, <laughs> in which I will present Zeke with two very spooky, creepy, crawly canon storylines. I also, one scary monster spooky storyline from an obliging fan work, and Zeke has to try and figure out which is which. Now, I, okay, there was a long time where I wasn't good at the game. And I'm getting good at it, is the thing. Because I feel like I've done the last two episodes I've gotten it. Last three. La oh, last three. Okay, so kind of on a winning streak here. Gotta rub my little paws together. Have the Wolfman blow on my dice, because he's my he's my favorite monster. Obviously, I'm a furry. And we have a little Wolfman sticker today, too. Oh, wow, really? Oh, I love it. Okay, now, Kat, I do have one small criticism for you. Um, okay. Two spooks and a trick was right there. Oh, no! Um, so we are going to deduct points for that one. Okay. Which means that even if I lose, I should get at least the, like, feet of the sticker. The little, the little paws. <laughs> okay. But with that said, let's go ahead and uh, jump into this. I'm really excited to hear what you have picked out. All right, here we go. It's a classic story. An awkward and ostracized young man spends his time being bullied and fantasizing about the girl next door. All that changes, however when a spider bite gives him strange and unusual powers, along with a most peculiar appetite. Okay, that's so vague. I mean, I know I can't ask you any questions about it. Okay, all right, let's, uh, let's go on to the second one, because that one's so vague. It was never going to be easy, controlling the animal instincts that threatened to overtake him. Less so, as Peter notices the same impulses manifesting in his mutated son. The question is... Will he be able to find a scientific answer to their shared dilemma? Or will the day come when the monster will consume them both? Okay. I like that this one has his son in it. Okay. All right. Sorry. I'm just trying to wrap my head around that one. Okay. Let's go ahead and go to number three. 
Sure. Heading into the furthest reaches of space feels like it will never get old to your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, especially when the mission involves hanging with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Unfortunately, the joy is short-lived now that the crew is back on Earth and Peter is different, confused, and hungry. Oh, okay. These are all super vague. This is... (sighs) Man. Okay. I mean, well, go ahead and say you can assume that these appetites involve eating people. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) Um, okay, okay, okay. Hmm. Okay. Man, this is really tough. I think this the second one is canon because it mentions his kid. Maybe that's the fanfic. No, the sec no. I'm gonna no, I'm gonna go with my guy. The second one's canon. I think it's canon, canon, fanfic. Because I think that the Guardians of the Galaxy thing, I feel like Spider-Man goes to space more often with the Fantastic Four. Or like, I guess that that's the Fantastic Four is his closer connection to space than Guardians of the Galaxy. So my logic is there. And also the first one just, (sighs) the first one sounds like maybe like a comic event or like a, like a spinoff thing. So I'm going to go with the first one being canon and then like the Guardians of the Galaxy being the fanfic. So it's. Canon, canon, fanfic. Final answer. You know that video of the corgi that is eating breakfast and then they're like, nom, 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 nom. Oh. Uh-huh. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so happy. This one was like super tough for me because I really... I'm not going to lie, I really wanted the first one to be canon, like, really bad. <laughs> like, I, I was like, please, God, let the first one be canon. I'm so excited. All of these sound great. Let's jump in wherever you want to start. Okay, well, let's talk about the fanfic first. Okay. So this is a story called You Put the Spike in My Heart. And this one is sort of influenced by the MCU, but they've definitely taken their own spin on it. So their intention was definitely taking like the events from Infinity War where like Spider-Man and Iron Man and Doctor Strange like are all shunted into space and they Mm -hmm. meet the Guardians and and whatever happens up there. But that like Peter comes back and like he immediately falls ill and he's like wasting away and they don't know what's wrong with him and like they've you know been trying to give him ivs and stuff like that and it's not working and he's just getting like more and more sick and he's like on the verge of dying probably and like tony's in there checking in on him and this is like an older spider-man and then he's like you know there at his bedside and then peter just like reaches out and like grabs his arm and like starts drinking blood from his wrist ah and surprise he's a vampire question mark and the author i really thought this was funny was that the author was like okay so originally i wanted to write some like peter parker tony stark hot sexy vampire porn but as is often the case when you start writing the characters have their own ideas and so they is like then these two idiots started talking about their feelings and they didn't actually ever get down to having sex but (laughs) if you are in the mood for some like homoerotic vampire blood sucking uh there is plenty of that if um (laughs) <laughs> should, if, should you be so inclined <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and say i'm gonna assume that you are talking to our lovely listeners and not me who you know better than that <laughs> but also yeah it does sound super good uh, and who's the author that is by chelly serrata okay you did it <laughs> chelly serrata you did it 
Thank you so much for writing this. Also, I do, I want to just say, I want to just put a pin in this one real quick. When you were like, he goes to space and then he comes back and he's different. I thought it was going to be like, what was that horror movie that came out with the, uh, it was like found footage. I think it was Apollo 13. I thought it was like, and then Spider-Man comes back and he has like an alien that makes him want to eat people. And so that's why I was like, oh, I bet that one's the fanfic because like, that's kind of a like, not hugely explored trope. <laughs> I say as I'm about to summarize a parasitic alien that makes you want to eat people. Like, I'm sure that, yes. Yeah, they should make a movie about that. Yeah. Like maybe the guy <laughs> could be really like mild like and real pretty. And then the monster could want to eat people. Or, or live lobsters. Or live lobsters <laughs> or chocolate or chicken nuggets or tater tots or any number of yeah. things. But yeah, I did think that it was like, um... Like an alien, like brain worm or something. And it was, and then like he came back and he was like, I want to eat people. So having it be uh, hot and sexy vampire time, way better, (laughs) way better. So thank you so much. But let's go ahead and we'll move on to the next one. All right. So the first one is, it's from Edge of Spider-Verse. And you'll notice I didn't name Peter in the story because- Even though it is nominally about, you know, teenage boy gets bitten by spider, they changed his name and his uncle's name, probably because this is a very dark story. I would say that tone wise, this mirrors more of your like 1980s horror movies. The boy's name is Patton, and he lives with his abusive uncle Ted, and he's more of the like... Okay, early Peter Parker is kind of a jerk ass, but like he he wouldn't ever hurt anybody. I mean, he's mm-hmm. angry, but but you know he's more or less harmless. This is definitely one of those kids that like pulls the wings off of flies, you know. Oh, okay. Um, and he like ogles the girl next door like with binoculars, you know, through oh, the window. Oh, gross. Like, yeah. So he's he's that kind of kid where you're like, it sucks that you're getting beat up, but also you're not the best. Yeah, I'm not gonna say and you when, deserve it, but you know. Yeah. And clearly his home life is not great either. But when he gets bitten by the spider, he ends up feeling really hungry and developing developing this appetite where like at first he's like eating bugs. And then like you see him and he's got like a pigeon. He's he's wrapped up in webbing in his locker that he's like ripping the head off of in between classes. And then he runs into this boy that's looking for his missing cat. And then it's also employed that like he eats the kid. Um, oh, shit. And, and, and his uncle comes after him and he grabs his uncle and like ties him up and like is like slowly draining blood out of him but also his skin is just barely concealing an actual spider monster and so there's a scene where like it rips off and he just he's like completely mutated like he's you know got a full-on tarantula head with like multiple eyes and he's got millions of spider babies that are like crawling all over his bedroom and there's like you know spider what are they called they're not cocoons but the like sacks, you know, yeah, of, yeah. like wrapped up people and animals. Oh, and God. so, and so the, I think the girl's name is Sarah Jane that comes over and she's, she, you know, freaks out. And so this ends with the villains from Spider-Verse, like showing up and killing him before they move on to go. They're like, oh, uh, I guess you're the Spider-Man in this universe. That's fine. And they kill him immediately. Yeah. They're like, we on. don't feel bad about this one. <laughs> But like just the whole tone of it, like the very ending page is like the the girl, she's like at home. She's like, okay, it was all a bad dream. It was all a bad dream. And then she like sees the spider bite on her neck and then little baby spiders start crawling out of it. So it's very, yeah, it's very horror movie. Like 
it, it does feel like that's the cover of a VHS box you would see a blockbuster or something. Oh my god, that sounds so good. So it was definitely a tonal shift, like, from Spider-Man comics, even from the other Edge of Spider-Verse comics, and definitely a spooky one that I wanted to bring up today. I'm, I'm so happy you did, because, like, I feel like horror is so reliant on surprise that it can be difficult to to do in like a comics medium because you can kind of see the next thing coming i guess mm-hmm. when you when you're like reading comics but like something like that like even just hearing about it is like very like tense and it's very like spooky and scary so like yeah i think that that's a a really incredible idea for a comic and i yeah. i can't wait to go look it up and i think that the art also can make or break a concept like that and Mm -hmm. thankfully in this case like the art is just really right on that like quasi-realistic but still like unsettling art style that just like really sells this concept so Mm -hmm. um kudos uh and the last one is probably my favorite of these this is a what if comic it's what if from 1989 number 88 it also has the subtitle arachnomorphosis okay and in this story Peter Parker did marry Gwen and they had a son, but she died. And Peter is realizing that like he is very slowly transforming into a spider creature and he's exhibiting more spidery appetites and like, you know, he'll he'll come out of his lab in the basement in the middle of the night and just be ravenous for raw meat. And like he'll attack something that's in their fridge and like be back and forth between whether or not he wants to eat it or it's disgusting in his mouth. And his son is, like, visibly mutated, whereas, like, Peter just looks like a haggard man, you know, that was drawn in a 1990s comic. His son has, like, really big bug eyes, and, like, his hair is drawn in a way that makes it look like it's not hair, but maybe, like, spider fuzz or the kind Uh of, like, you know, hairs that a spider might have on its leg or something. Like, it's really spiky. And so he normally wears, like, a baseball cap, like, pulled down over his head. And he's constantly bullied. Like, every day after school, he gets the shit kicked out of him. And he has one friend who's kind of like the Mary Jane XB kind of character, Mm -hmm. like little girl that, you know, defends him and stuff like that. And so his dad is like, okay, I have to figure out how to cure the both of us. Otherwise, like, I'm going to get lost in my animal instincts. Who knows what's going to happen to my kid? And he tries to convince his kid that, like, maybe you should go to this Xavier Institute I've heard about. And the kid is like, no, you just want to pawn me off on somebody else, like, because you don't give a shit about me. And he and I guess, you know, he Peter hasn't really explained what's happening or, or why things are the way they are. Sure. So as Peter ends up kind of like devolving into this creature, his son is experiencing a lot of the same things. And he ends up getting harassed by like Flash Thompson's kid, who's also a dick. And eventually the kid, whose name is Benjamin, of course, lashes out and ends up like we see a uh, Flash, Flash's kid um, like wrapped up and and hanging from a tree and like he's been drained of blood and like Flash comes and finds him and he's still alive but he's just like barely hanging on and like he manages to like eke out the word Parker so he's like oh it's that damn kid and so like he gets an angry mob to like go take down this kid and then the little girl hears about it and so she runs and finds Peter and so Peter runs out after them and all of this aggravation and and stress has caused them both to like mutate into spider monsters and so. The angry mob is like out after the kid, but then Peter, who's a bigger, angrier spider monster, shows up. And so they're like, wait, no, clearly it was that one. And so they start fighting him and they're like, they literally beat him to death as like the kid is like, oh shit, and like scrambling away. Um, and he manages to escape, but he's like, okay, well, they're out for me now. And so he ends up, the comic ends with him like 
he's able to revert into more or less human form, I guess. And mm-hmm. so then he seeks out Xavier's school and like goes there, like hitchhikes his way there to like go and, you know, find a place to be. Um, so it's kind of that bittersweet ending. It does have that like monster movie kind of feel. I'm not the biggest fan of 1990s style comics sometimes like the, the like they're too gritty for me a lot of the times like the way they're drawn I, i'm not wild about peter parker with like facial hair the way that 1990s inking limitations makes it look sure but this this is a comic where it really works because of what it's about like the grittiness and the griminess like really works to the story's favor mm-hmm. and so for just like a one-shot comic i think it's a really interesting universe and concept to explore i like the idea of spider babies you know learning to work with mutants at xavier's um i, think I know some, i know you yeah. love the spider babies i do so uh there's a lot to enjoy in this story i love it i think that First of all, I'm a big fan of any time literal spider traits are introduced in Spider-Man stories. And I also really like the idea that Peter has to save both himself and his son. And it's not just, you know, like one or the other, like, oh, I have to save you for the sake of the other one. Like, mm-hmm. both of them are in very real danger. So, yeah, I think that's really cool. And wow, sorry. Yeah, I mean, they're just, they've all been like really, really good. <laughs> they, it kind of blows me away, like how good scary Spider-Man stories can be. I'll be honest, Spider-Man to me is a very like, I I wouldn't say that I think that it strays away from like dark content or whatever, but I've always sort of like, I don't know, I guess even doing this podcast, Spider-Man to me just sort of feels like kind of a more wholesome domain so to know that there are these very like dark stories like not to be grim dark about it but just like to know that there are darker stories that go on in you know spider-man comics and that there that that content is there if that's what you enjoy i think Mm -hmm. that's really cool yeah i definitely appreciate that about any franchise or character that's been around for that long and i think that's something that is really good to embrace Mm -hmm. that like it's not really a matter of this is this version is better or, or this version is more canon so much as, like, this is the version that I enjoy. Yes. Um, and Spider-Man has been around long enough that, like, we have a, a buffet of options. Yeah. And it's really fun to see what's out there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's the whole point of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we, wait, you guys wait till we get to the Christmas episode, and then we're like, maybe the real Spider-Man was the Spider-Mans we met along the way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thank you so much, like I said, for um, doing that research and for finding those. I'm really excited about my Wolfman sticker. Um, can't believe I pulled that one off. Are you ready to swap Halloween facts? I am. I want to uh, hear what you got for me. All right, let's zip on over there. So, my fact, admittedly, has nothing to do with Spider-Man. That's fine. I'm so sorry. We've had enough of him. (laughs) We're over it. Podcast is over. Next episode, we're going to talk about somebody else. No, but I did. I wanted to bring you a fact about um, one of the universal monsters because, again, they're kind of the focus of my pitch. So the original Mummy film came out in 1932, and it was inspired by the opening of the Tomb of Tutankhamun, which was discovered, I think, in 1922, like 10 years earlier. So... Uh, There's a lot of goings on about the curse of the mummy and like things that that happen to people like snakes manifesting in people's homes and like people dying of blood poisoning and everything. But that is not what I'm here to tell you. So the mummy in the films, his name is Imhotep and he's a fictionalized pharaoh, obviously. But the guy who wrote the mummy uh, is a gentleman by the name of John Lloyd Balderston. And he was actually present 
for the opening of Tutankhamun's sarcophagus. And so he was a, he was a journalist, uh, originally. And so he was present for that. And then not only did he write the mummy, but he then went on to work on like Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein and then like a couple of the Dracula films. Like I think he did Dracula and Dracula's daughter. And so Balderston became like one of the most prolific minds for like, the Universal Monsters crew. And it's all because 10 years earlier, he was a journalist who had been present for the opening of Tutankhamun's tomb. And that like spurred him to move from journalism into like writing these incredible films. And I just thought that was really cool. Like, I think, yeah, that is I think awesome. that a lot of like screenwriters and film writers don't get to be present for like the basis of their, their stories. So I thought that was kind of spiffy. Absolutely. That's, that is really cool. I yeah. have, a fact that's basically the opposite of that. Okay. <laughs> so talking about fantastic movies that we have that are a part of our history, uh, I think it is also sometimes interesting to learn about movies that weren't made and why. And those those missed opportunities or perhaps bullets dodged. Okay. And I would say that this one is definitely the latter. Okay. Uh, but I was... I, I like to watch things about like movies and horror movies and, and, and film trivia and things like that. And this came up and I thought it was relevant and you would be amused. But there was a Spider-Man movie in the works that never came to fruition. And this was the never made 80 Spider-Man movie. And this was when a company called Canon had the rights. They, they bought them for a song. Because at this point in time, Marvel was just trying to make money however it could. And Canon is, you're like, I've never heard of the studio in my life, which is fine. Because it is a studio that is best known for its, like, direct-to-video horror schlock. And in that vein, they wanted to make a Spider-Man movie that would basically be unrecognizable as a Spider-Man movie. They really wanted to play into, like, the horror aspect, which is their bread and butter, and kind of really depart from the idea of a superhero. So it wasn't really a superhero movie in the way that we would think of it. They had this idea that the movie was going to be about this, you know, college student or this guy who was transformed by a Dr. Zork (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> into uh into a human spider hybrid with like eight arms and legs which you know in the 80s would have looked awesome sure a- and he was going to like fight dr zork's other mutated creations uh instead of becoming one of his minions and their idea was that uh toby hooper of texas chainsaw massacre fame was going to direct this movie and so clearly like this was going to go a diff- really different direction and i think stanley was the one who actually stepped in and was like what is this this is not spider-man um <laughs> and so they like retooled it a little bit and they were like okay um He'll be a superhero. He'll be in college. Uh, he'll fight against Doc- Dr. Octopus. He'll save the day. Uh, but it's still going to be really dark. Um, and I guess, like, they were looking at Tom Cruise, who was, like, a relative unknown to play Peter Parker. But then there was also this other guy who was relatively unknown. And I think at that point had really only worked as a, a stunt double, Scott Leva. Okay. Um, and they, they went so far as to, like, take promotional photos of him, like, in a Spider-Man costume that, like, would be the box art or the poster art and stuff like that. And it was just a train wreck. And it didn't work out. And that's fine. I don't think we really lost anything from not having this Spider-Man horror movie. Yeah. Dark. Like, especially when The Fly came out next year. Like, those two things would have been oh, compared yeah. so unfavorably. And it's like, I don't think you have, you know what Cronenberg has, you know, like, yeah, uh, yeah, like, but yeah, uh, so that is the the story of the Spider-Man horror movie that never got made. Oh, thank God. 
(laughs) (laughs) I love Dr. Zork, though. Yeah, that's he sounds like a guy that would fight Spider-Man. Yeah, I hope he comes. I hope he makes a comeback. (laughs) One day, some some Spider-Man comic in the future, they'll dig him back up, I'm sure. (laughs) well thanks so much for joining us this week and for listening to our cool trivia and all of our cool halloween facts and if you have a cool halloween fact or movie plot or if you just want to tell us how much you really love popcorn balls you can hit us up at was spidey there on twitter or you can send us an email at was spidey there at gmail.com hashtag if you're talking about us at us if you're talking to us my name is zeke and i'm kat and uh have a happy halloween <laughs> Bye. What's up, Spider Pals? It's Zeke. If you enjoyed the stories that we talked about in today's episode, you should check out the issues they're from, and they are. Ultimate Spider-Man, Season 2, Episodes 21 through 22. Edge of Spider-Verse, Number 4. The 1989 What If Comics, Number 88, Arachnomorphosis. And our featured fanfic this week was You Put the Spike in My Heart by Chellis Serrata. I think I said that right. I'm going to spell it for you. It's C-H-E-L-I-C-E-R-A-T-A. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week.